I know this is hard to believe, but as of last Monday, July 11th, this is my one-year anniversary here. Yay! It's, it's one of those things that at the same time feels like like it's just been a second, like I still feel like I'm new. People ask me for where things are and I'm still like, I don't know, you know, I don't know, certain closets I haven't even poked my head in, you know, there's certain things I don't know. Um, but on the other hand, it also feels like I've been here forever. Like this has just been my church for the longest time. It just feels so comfortable. It has felt like home since the moment I got here. Um, I can remember a few weeks into my time here and Lisa and I were in the office and we kind of looked at each other and we were like, it feels like I just walked in and we started doing church. Like it didn't feel like there was any transition really at all as if we'd just been always working together. It was so easy and, and I, you know, I didn't quite expect that. I expected a little bit more of a transition, but it was just such a beautiful thing. Um, God has just made this, peop- this place feel like home from the minute we got here and I, I'm just so grateful for that. Um, he's been so good. He got you ready for me, I think, and got me ready for you. So, and kind of put us together like peanut butter and jelly. Like, it's a good sandwich, right? It's a good sandwich. So I'm just grateful for that. Um, so today's a bit of a celebration. We've celebrated the children. <clears throat> We're celebrating my anniversary. But most of all, I want us to, this to be a celebration of God and of his faithfulness because he has been so good to this church, not just over this past year, for, for, for years and years, and he's gonna continue to be faithful. And I just want us to celebrate him today and his faithfulness and what he's done and his goodness to us um, no matter what. There's a practice in the Old Testament that the Israelites used to do, and it was a process of setting up standing stones. When God would do something significant, there'd be a standing stone that they would put in place to remind them of the goodness of God and what he had done for people. And it was a sense, uh, the, the, the reminder of his goodness. This was not something the Israelites made up. The pagan nations also did the same thing when they felt their gods did something or some big event was taking place in their, in their community. They would also put up standing stones. So the Israelites were simply borrowing from the culture of that time when they would put up standing stones. But what that meant is that anyone, pagan or Hebrew, would walk by it and say, wow, God, someone's God did something good here. So it was a way for them to remember what God had done um, and realize, and, and anybody could see it and realize that God had done something amazing here. And so we see this in the scriptures. I want to just show you a couple examples of, of them from the scriptures. The first is that Jacob set up stone pillars. He set up standing stones to remember when God reaffirmed his covenant with him. This is in Genesis 28. Moses also puts 12 standing stones at the base of Mount Sinai when he got the Ten Commandments and the other laws from God's mouth. And he put them at the base of Mount Sinai. The Israelites erected standing stones when they passed through the Jordan. If you'll recall, God parted the waters of the Jordan much like he did the waters of the Red Sea. Uh, he, He parted the Jordan as the people of Israel were getting ready to go into the Promised Land. And so... Um, Joshua told them to set up standing stones. I want to read to you the scripture about this. Joshua said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, What do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord when it crossed the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. And then finally, Joshua did it again when when the covenant was renewed at Shechem at the end of Joshua 24. He also built standing stones. 
So I think this is why it's, it's important for us to remember milestones and anniversaries. We don't have to set up, they're, they're like virtual standing stones, if you will. We don't have to actually stand up actual stones, but it's a moment in time to remember, to say this is what God has done. This is why we have a birthday, right? Remember, you were born, like that's a good thing. And this is the same way, it's like, what has God done? We remember these anniversaries, these special moments to remember what has done his goodness and so that we can remind ourselves it's a memorial forever to remember to tell our children and their children what God did and it's also something for us to remember as we look ahead it's not just about looking back but it's looking forward because it's it's for us to remember God was faithful then so he's going to be faithful now and in the future because I hope we have got many more years together, <laughs> many more years to do ministry and to serve together. And if we're realistic, there will probably be some ups and some downs in our time together, right? I mean, there always are. We're human beings. And actually, after all, the honeymoon's over, right? So, you know, here we go, right? Let's go. Um, if this is the time. And God, of course, in life, there's going to be hard times and, and wonderful times. But in all of it, do we have a God who's faithful, do we have a God who's with us? Do we have a God who's going to take care of us? Do we have a God who's going to work in us and change us so that we can walk through it with victory? Amen. 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 And so this is why we remember. And so today we're going to remember, and I want to walk you through one of my favorite passages, one of my favorite psalms, which is Psalm 145. I'm not going to read you the whole thing. It's pretty long, but I encourage you to at some point take it up. But let me read to you from uh, Psalm 145, starting at verse 9. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him. What an encouraging passage. And this is how I feel God has been with us. I want us to look at our standing stones here. We're going to set some standing stones this morning, church. We're going to set standing stones as a reminder of what God has done, the truth about our God this year. And the first one, verse truth, the first stone is that God can be trusted in change. God can be trusted in change. We need to know this, don't we? Psalm 145, verses 13 and 17 said, The Lord is trustworthy in all his promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. He says it twice. This is a big verse. In all he does. Faithful in all he does. Trustworthy in everything he does. No matter what. Most of us don't really like change. Am I right? Amen. I know there's a few of you out there. There's a few of you crazy thrill-seeker people that you love to change it up just because you love change, right? I had a friend once who had been in 12 different houses in 16 years. He just would get bored and be like, let's move, and he'd move to a new house, his poor wife. Anyway, but they moved all the time. But, you know, that's unusual, I think. I think most of us like to 
find our thing and stick with it and don't let it go, right? We don't want things to change. Most of us are somewhat terrified of change, actually. And this is why many of us stay in relationships that are unhealthy for way too long. This is why many of us stay in jobs that don't pay enough or that we hate for way too long. This is why many of us never do that thing that we always wanted to do, start that new business, uh, go to that new place. Some of you can't even change your hairstyle, okay? Because it's just too, it's too hard. It's too hard. Yeah, especially Tim. <laughs> Tim, Paul, yeah, you can't change your hairstyle. But it's because we don't like change. This is very common. It's not unusual. It usually comes down to the fear of the unknown. We have a saying, don't we? The devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. I think that's an odd thing for Christians to say. <laughs> I mean, since when should the devil have anything to do with our life, right? Do we have a God who is greater and more trustworthy than any devil, whether we know him or don't know him? Amen? Do we? We do. And so this is the, this is the test, right? Do we really believe God is faithful in change? When things are changing, especially when we don't know exactly how it's going to all turn out, which we generally don't know how it's all going to turn out. That's when it's hard, right? I mean, if we have it all planned, we're kind of okay trusting God, but it's when we don't know how it's going to turn out. Then it's hard, isn't it, to trust him. I once heard life compared to swinging on a trapeze. So think about it. You're swinging on a trapeze, right? Back and forth. Feeling good, so free, it's nice, wind's blowing in your hair, you know, you're going, you're swinging on a trapeze. It's all good until you see the next bar coming towards you. That bar's got your name on it, that next trapeze bar, and what that means is you have got to swing and let go of the bar you're on, fly through the air for a little while, and grab the next one. And the problem with that is, there's a very long moment, right, many moments in between there where you are actually holding on to nothing. Has anyone ever been there where you're holding on to nothing, where you're just flying through the air wondering in that moment, did I, did I jump hard enough and am I going to actually reach that next bar or am I going to just plummet to my death? This is, this is kind of what life is like. In fact, this is part of a healthy life. We should expect this, whether, you, whether it terrifies you or not. We should expect that we have to sometimes let go of some things to go forward to what God has for us. We have to let go to go on. Can somebody say, let go to go on? Say it. Let go to go on. You got to let go sometimes to go on with what God has for you. And there's a few moments there's a few moments, those moments in the air where we wonder if we're going to fall. And guess what? Those are the moments when we got to hold on tight to Jesus. In fact, I could argue with you today that it's in those moments, in between the holding on of this, this trapeze bar and the grabbing onto the next, those flying through the air moments when you don't really know what's going to happen, it's in those moments that we learn to trust God the most. Amen? It's when we grow it's when we realize that he actually is not going to let you fall, that he actually is there for you, that he is your safety net, that God knows what you let go of and he knows where you're going and he's going to get you there. It might not be exactly the way you thought, but he's going to get you there. It's when we grow. He has good things for you. I want to testify to you this morning that God has been faithful in change for Paul and me. He has been so faithful in change. Paul and I left a church family in New York that we were part of for 32 years. You know how long that is? 
That's really long. I mean, we were very young when we got there, but still, it's a lot of years. Children, really, like babies. That's a lot of years. And then I'd never lived outside of New York except for the four years of college. We'd certainly never lived in North Carolina. And here's what's funny about it. We came down here knowing awfully little about you, really. I mean, and you knew awfully little about us, too. Your search committee did a beautiful job. They did really long, good interviews. But still, it's just a few conversations, right? And so you just kind of get to know each other a little bit. I came down for one weekend. We did a little candidate weekend. I mean, what do you learn about somebody in one weekend, right? And yet, there it was. The bar was coming at us, and it said, Go to Greensboro. <laughs> when I first saw Greensboro, I was like, where's Greensboro? I had to look it up on the map. I didn't even know where it was. We knew so little about what we were getting into, what God was going to be doing, and yet we saw that bar coming towards us, and we knew it was time to let go and go on. It was time to let go and go on. And I will tell you that I certainly cried the day I walked through my church in New York for the last time. I went through every building in that place, every room in that building, cried, thinking about the years and years and years of ministry. My kids running around in bare feet, like all, this stuff, like all those years. And then I went, walked around my house, you know, and then I'm leaving my house of 25 years where I raised those boys, right? So, like, there's a, definitely there's tears, right? But then, here's my testimony. God has been so faithful. He's given us so much joy, so much peace being here. We just love it. It feels like home. You could do better in the Italian food department. But other than that, we love <laughs> Greensboro, okay? We love it. I'm getting ready to pay some of my Italian friends up north. Like, come down here and put together a good... It's... God has taken care of every detail. He has shepherded every detail. We found our house that we live in now for, you know, in two days. Um, when we, we only had two days to find it, we found it. Like, it was just, ever, God has shepherded everything, and he has knit us together here so that it feels like we've been here forever. So I praise God for that, and he, God has been so faithful. Listen, one of the vineyard distinctives... And we had a whole team of people, by the way, go to the Vineyard Conference this past week. So exciting. We're going to get to hear from them, I hope, in a few weeks, kind of what they learn. Um, but but the vine one of the Vineyard distinctives, we are part of the Vineyard movement, and one of the distinctives is that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. This is what it says on their website, on the website. We believe the call to be the body of Christ involves getting outside of our comfort zones. Adventurous faith is welcome in the vineyard. Don't you love that? God, Paul and I decided right, right up front, let's make this an adventure. Let's not make this like an intense, stressful thing. Let's just, let's just have fun. Let's just go on the adventure, the ride that God has for us. Swinging on a trapeze could be terrifying, but it can also be exhilarating if you just know and believe that you're going to be okay. And so we, we know that God is good and God is, is going to be okay. So um, the message here is not just about me, but it's about all of us. Because I do think that we are at a place in our, in our church as a body, and you probably are individually at a place uh, as a person that God may be calling you out of your comfort zones. What place are you sitting in that you're just afraid to go on because you'd have to let go? That you don't want to let go to go on. It's too hard. I want to encourage you to trust God that he's been faithful and he will continue to be faithful and change. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. If that trapeze bar ahead of you has your name on it and you've prayed and you've gotten your good counsel and it's from scripture and from your friends and from people you trust and, and, and it still has your name on it, it's time to let go 
It's time to let go and go on to what God has. It doesn't mean that there might not be some tears and some heartache. I think every change has some, is bittersweet, right? I mean, you're, you're always excited for the thing to come and, and a little sad about what you're having to leave behind, whether it's a relationship or a job or, or even just moving into a new stage in your life, getting healthy in a new way. All of this requires us to go on, to take a risk, to take the leap. But I don't know about you, I don't want to get to the end of my life and realize I never did these things that God had put on my heart because I was too afraid to take the risk. Amen? Amen. So that's the first standing stone we've got sitting here. I thought about bringing stones, but they'd be too heavy. So this is our first standing stone that is that God is faithful in change. The second standing stone today is that God will always take care of his people. He'll always take care of his people. I want to read to you again a couple of these verses from Psalm 145. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you. Lord, your faithful people extol you. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him, and he hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him. And it has been very, very evident to me coming here over this past year that God has taken care of you, Gate City Vineyard. He's taken care of you in the past, before we got here, that he's taken care of you now. And he's going to take care of you in the future, even after we are not here anymore. That God loves this church. He loves Gate City Vineyard, and he is taking care of you. Amen. I've been around churches a long time. Both Paul and I have. Um, we're realistic to, to enough to know that they're like families. Families have lots of wonderful, great memories and wonderful things that happen, and they also have lots of drama. Churches have drama, right? Skeletons in the closet, stuff that happens, people that get mad, things that happen. Um, and, you know, so I, it's true, I kind of expected that coming here, that there would be things that, you know, the search committee kind of conveniently neglected to tell us or whatever, you know, there's no need to air all the dirty laundry right up front, right? So I figured there'd be stuff that would come out, skeletons that would come out over time. Um, and in fact, after a few months here, Lisa came up to me in kind of a worried voice, and she said, now that you know what we're really like, are you sorry you came? And, uh, and the funny thing about that was, I wasn't sorry at all. Actually, the more and more I have gotten to know you, the more I have liked all of you and all of it has gone on. And I haven't really found too many skeletons. I mean, you guys are kind of boring in the drama department, I'm just telling you right now, a little boring. Um, although, then, as I was writing this, I thought, Maybe they're just saving it all for the second year. So it's possible that now the skeletons will come out. I don't know. Bring them on. Whatever we got. We'll, we'll deal with it. But I decided it's kind of a vineyard thing. Another thing I like about the vineyard, vineyard people are come as you are. Right? What you see is what you get. We don't have a lot of pretenses here. We don't pretend to be something we're not. And so what I have found here um, is that not... Not so much that there were skeletons in the closet, not so much there weren't some things that happened that were difficult, that were challenges for you as a church, but what I see here instead is not people that hide stuff away in a, in a closet, but people that bring that thing out and talk about it and get in each other's face and maybe get a little mad or maybe argue for a bit, but then come to Jesus together and say, what do we do now? How can we come together as Jesus' people? This is what I see here in this church. This is what I want us to continue to do because guess what? There'll be more stuff that'll come up that we might not agree on or that there'll be differences of opinion or there'll be stuff going on in our world or in the church. And, and let's be people who put Jesus first and who come together and who talk it out and who hash it out and listen to each other 
and love each other and then walk forward together. Amen? That is what God's church is meant to be. That's what I see here. God has taken care of you. God has taken such good care of you. I will also say that God has taken good care of me as well. Um, I was looking for, I started looking for a job about two and a half years ago. And um, it was a struggle because you, you may be, uh, you may know that um, a lot of churches won't hire a woman as a senior pastor, right? Especially evangelical churches. So I was starting to get a little frustrated because months were going by and I would see like a nice, like a nice little church would come up on the, on the search engine and it would say, it'd be a nice city, someplace I'd like to live, you know, and then it would say, you know, this senior pastor, he will be a man of great integrity and, and be a good preacher. I'd be like, swipe left, you know, <laughs> like it just had to keep swiping. They were all swipe lefts, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't, it was so frustrating. I got, I'm going to confess to you right now that I got a little whiny about it. Okay, I got just a little whiny, a little complaining about it. Um, you can ask my friends, my girlfriends, when they come up to visit, come down here to visit, you can say, how whiny was Beth? And they'll say, oh, she was whiny. Because um, I was really whiny. Um, I would be like, why did I go to seminary? You know, no one will ever hire a woman. What's wrong with this world? I was just so upset, so bummed out about it, thinking there's nothing for me. And then I would go whine even more to God, right? i get on my bike. That's how I whined to God on my bike. And so I got on my bike, and I'd be like, God, why did you call me to this? You know, I'm, gonna, I'm just all washed up. It's never going to happen. Like, what's, so there you go. That, I don't know if any of you all have ever done that and whined to God, but um, I did a fair amount of whining at that point. And I'm just glad that I have a patient God, and I have patient friends and loving friends, and they had faith for me that I didn't have, and they said, it's just not God's time yet. And God knew, God knew. God knew the timing, and the timing was perfect because it was quite a bit later that this little job came up in Greensboro, North Carolina that I had to look up on the map. So God has taken care of me, he's taken care of you, and he's gonna continue to take care of this church. He loves Gate City Vineyard. I just wanna remind you of the first word I got for this church when I first stepped on this pulpit and I said, the Lord just showed me, he put a holy seriousness in my heart. And he said, this is my bride. I love her. Take care of her. And so I just want you to be reminded that God loves Gate City Vineyard. He loves you with a passionate, abiding, everlasting love. He's not going to let go of you. Amen. The last standing stone is that God's gifts are always good. So we know that God is faithful in change. We know that um, he will always take care of his people. And finally, his gifts are good. There are so many good gifts here. I just remember that first uh, Christmas, last Christmas, you, some of you may remember, we put together a little, a little tiny present for everybody, anybody that volunteered in any ministry here. If we missed you, I'm so sorry. We tried to get everyone who does even the tiniest thing in any ministry here, whether children's or, or groceries or anything else, worship, and we tried to get anybody that was a part of that and we got a little gift together for them uh, for Christmas and just as just a thank you and I said to Lisa tell me how many people are on this list you know how many gifts we got to get and she said 54 now at this time there were about 60 people showing up to church on a Sunday right this was last you know maybe a few more online I was like are you are you sure that's right 54, I mean, that, what that says is that the majority of the people in this church are giving back in some way. Do you realize how rare that is? 
Usually it's the little, little group of people, right? And everyone else just, I was just stunned. I was completely stunned. And she was kind of like not very stunned because she's used to it. Because you all are amazing. Because the gifts of God are so good here. And you all have gifts that you're pouring out, even if it's in small ways or it's in big ways. God is using you. And every one of you has a part to play. How beautiful is that? And that God is continuing to pour out gifts upon us. There's so many gifts here. I, do you realize that I have a teaching team of five people? In this little church, I got a five-people teaching team. I got myself, I got George, um, I got Relisa, Chris, and Dave Tackle. We've got the five incredible teachers who can get up here and preach from the Word of God with anointing, with power, with, with knowledge and wisdom. That's amazing. Last week's service, when we found out that I couldn't get here, we had 24 hours to put together the service last week without me. And we had George and Chris and Tim and Charles step up, and they just immediately put this whole thing together. They shared deeply about, about what God is doing through service. It followed right on the ser sermon series we just came out of. Go listen to it if you haven't heard it. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. We also have gifts of art and of drawing and of decoration and of decorating and of music here in this place. Do you realize, I love to tell people that are new, those big beautiful paintings that are out in the lobby, out right by the coffee, that big, big tall paintings, those were painted by people here. That most of this church actually was designed by people here. So much talent, so much gifting that God has put on his people here in this place. So much passion. And you're all a part of that. That is a place for every one of you here. And so if you don't know your gifts, if you don't know how to serve, you maybe you know your gifts, but you don't know how to use them here, please come talk to me and let's talk. I'm thinking about putting a spiritual gifts uh, class together because I feel like some of us maybe don't know. Um, but I would love us to, to know so that every single one of you knows that you have a place to play. Everyone plays in the vineyard. Everyone has a place. And God has gifted you greatly to do work for his kingdom. So we're going to continue to look to God here. We're going to continue to ask him to pour out his good gifts, and he's going to pour them out on us. It's kind of an exciting season. I feel like there's an expectancy in the air. The Holy Spirit is at, at work. He's moving in this place. And I just want to take this minute to thank you for welcoming Paul and me for a full year now into this place. You've, you've given us gifts. You've given us words of encouragement. We've gone out for coffee. I mean, I just thank you for that. And I thank you for this incredible board we have. We have such a great board. Oh my gosh. Like they have made it so easy, George and Relisa and Tim and Chris. I mean, what godly men and women who follow the Lord and seek the Lord and, and want to follow him no matter the cost. It's a beautiful thing. We are so grateful. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. Amen. So today we're placing three standing stones. God can be trusted in change. He will always take care of us. And God's gifts are always good. We raise these standing stones to remind ourselves that God is good and what he has done in the past, he will continue to do. Do it again, Lord, we pray. Do it again, Lord. Keep doing it year upon year upon year. Would you keep showing us your faithfulness, showing us your gifts, showing us your goodness and taking care of this people. I want to give you one last passage from Psalm 145, starting in the second half of verse 10. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. 
I want to just walk through this a little bit. May we be a people who extol the Lord. May we worship him. May we put him first. There will be many discussions here, many things we will have to do, other things we will have to talk about, so on. But let's keep our unity as we're focused on Jesus and his word. That's where our unity comes from. It's from Jesus and his word and, and submitting ourselves to what it says. That's how we'll have unity here as a church, and let's worship him fully, extol the Lord. Let's let our worship time here be, be, be so of the Spirit that we come in ready, ready to hear from him, that there would be words of knowledge and prophecy, that there'd be, be times of healing, that God's presence would be so clearly here by his Holy Spirit. He would move among us, be extolled, go God. We, we want to be a people who extol the Lord. And second of all, let's be a people who tell of your glory and speak of your might. We just had a whole series about this, right? About, about sharing our faith, about blessing our neighbors. So this is a, this is a, a reminder. We're gonna be, we gotta be the people who bless, who tell others about Jesus, who tell our own story. I want people in our community, when they think about Gate City Vineyard, if they think about us at all, first of all, I want them to think of us. I want them to know we're here, right? But I also then want them, when they think of us, to think, wow, what a church. They really love each other, and they love the community. They're out here in the community. They're serving. They're helping. They're standing up for injustice, against injustice. They're, they're serving the poor, and they're loving each other. And wow, Jesus seems to have done something in their life. Wow, wouldn't that be amazing if people said that about Gate City Vineyard? <coughs> I also want to say this. I'm not going to be satisfied until we are seeing salvations in this place. People coming to know Jesus for the first time, or recommitting themselves to know the Lord, to come into this place and, and be transformed by the power of God and, and become a new creation in Christ. I'm not going to be satisfied until that's happening. I'm not satisfied with people going around from church to church depending on which church is hot. I have no interest in Gate City Vineyard being hot, okay? I have interest in Gate City Vineyard being on fire with the power of the Holy Spirit and, and following him and serving him and speaking about him and seeing him move in this place so that people's lives are transformed. Amen? That is, that is the desire of my heart. Amen. So may God's kingdom reign here. As the scripture says, his dominion remain through many generations, not just our generation, but to our children and our children's children and those beyond them, that, that this would always be a place where God is the Lord and he is lifted up and moving in power and in might. So I ended my first sermon last year um, with a time of, of commitment of us as a congregation. And so I asked you all to stand. And so I'm going to ask you to as well stand. I know some of you are not from this congregation. That's okay. You can stand and make this commitment for yourself if it, if it, if it resonates with you. But would you please stand together? And I'm going to ask you to, to put out your hands, if you feel comfortable, to, as, a, as a way of sort of, first of all, offering yourself to God, but also receiving from him. We're going to pray together as a church. I'm going to guide us in prayer. I will say a prayer prompt, but then there's going to be a few moments of silence for you to add your own prayer in your own heart or just uh, agree with that prayer in your spirit. So Jesus, we declare this morning that you are the true vine. You are the center of this church. We will extol you and lift you up we are going to keep our focus on you and on your word. Your word is truth. We believe in you 
and trust you and worship you alone. And we will tell of the glory of the Lord. We will be bold, Lord. We will come out of our comfort zones to love others, to be a light in the community, to care for each other, to tell the story of what Jesus has done for us. Lord, may many come to know you, Lord, through our witness and our love and our service. And Father, we ask that your kingdom would reign here in this place. May this church be a slice of heaven on earth as it is in heaven. Come in your power, Holy Spirit. Come in your goodness. Come in your glory and in your love. Come again and again and again. Come in healing, Lord. Fill us, Lord. We open up every crevice of our hearts and our lives to you that you might have your way. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. And we pray together these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As we go into a time of singing, uh, this is also a time of ministry. And I feel like I want to ask if there's anyone in here who is really sensing God is asking them to step out of their comfort zone. It may have to do with Gates City Vineyard. It may have nothing to do with Gates City Vineyard. But God is asking you to step out. I invite you to come forward. And uh, we're going to have some people here to pray for you. They can be prayed for. Or you can just come and make that commitment before the Lord in this place and at our altar here as we're singing. So let's lift up our hearts to the Lord.